and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today we'll be talking about our favorite digital ports of board games, specifically for mobile. This is a week earlier than Chris said it was going to be, but yeah, I guess schedules and plans are pointless and it's all just chaos. Still, app games are fun. (laughs) They are. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, the SGC, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. So, standard question, how was your guys' this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Same as it last time. really short. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this episode is being recorded a day after the last episode, and already... I changed up the topic. I was almost going to go back and edit the last episode because I haven't actually posted that one yet, but I decided not to. Which is okay because I watched half of the documentary that you wanted me to watch on the way to work. And then I happened to also buy Pandemic for my phone and instead switched to that on lunch and the way back from work. So I could talk (laughs) about this topic. (laughs) Well, now you have two weeks. To finish watching the documentary, which is spoiler. I started it. <laughs> well, you have two weeks as well, um, which is a spoiler for next week's episode. So, um, just to give kind of a quick preview, there was a game design doc, bleh, game design documentary being released on the sixteenth, I believe, and I wanted to do the episode. We're going to do an episode on it because it's super cool, um, but we're going to do it after it's released. So when we talk about it, you guys can actually go out there and download it and watch it and those types of things because if i did it now you would listen and then completely forget by the time it was released so we'll just talk apps instead and this is i did my homework on this one then you guys did not have to because i don't think i missed anything yeah i'll say it doesn't look like it (laughs) it's quite the list a lot of these i didn't even know existed some of them um outside of the ones Actually, I guess the ones I didn't know existed, I didn't own, because most of these I already owned. And yeah, there's there's just a lot of board games apps out there. Now, I will say, we're jumping right into the topic, because again, 24 hours from last week, um, it's time travel. But um, they're, most of these apps are kind of mixed as in their quality and their trueness to how the game plays. Most of them are pretty good. Some of them have modified. I think I only have one on here that's like drastically different than how the game plays, but the spirit's there enough where I'm like, yeah, we should still talk about it because it's a great game. Um, but we're not going to talk about the classics, which are Monopoly, Clue, Battleship, Life, Uno, Risk, Phase 10, Scrabble, Yahtzee, and Moncala. Kitty, did you put in there that you like Yahtzee? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I and they do. It's a good app. Yeah. I'm, and I don't think that any of these are bad apps. I'm not trying to um, belittle them in any way, except for maybe Monopoly. But even Monopoly is interesting in app form uh, because it's fast. Like you can finish a game in 25 minutes. But I mean, I love Clue and eh, Battleship against a computer. I'm not so certain that it, that would be interesting. And life is a non-decision game. Um, Risk is cool, though. And Scrabble, I don't know who plays Scrabble when they could play words with friends, but I don't know. And then I, It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, I threw we're not Mon- talking about words with friends either, <laughs> yeah. right? I threw Mon- We're not talking about words with friends, because that was not officially a board game. It's just an app game. Um, and I threw Moncala on here because there's like 50,000 different versions of it. And if you don't know Moncala, you should probably go download it and play it, because it's one of those ancient games that I think they found in the pyramids or something. But... It's it's a pretty good one. You didn't put chess on there. Or chess. I can put chess <laughs> on there. I checkers. Um, Chinese checkers. <laughs> Chinese checkers. I think the oldest game I have on this list, and the only reason I put it on this list is because I have been saying I haven't been haven't played this game. And I, again, I didn't know it existed. So I downloaded it and I've since played it. And that's Millborn. Because I'm pretty sure that that is probably 70s. I think that that came about. No, it's earlier than 70s. I think it's earlier. I think it's more like 50. So, Milborn. Sorry, I just bought Patchwork on my phone and I got super distracted. (laughs) I have a feeling that that's going to happen a lot. And if you're listening right now and you have a mobile device, be prepared to buy some games during this episode. 1954. Yeah, I was just about to say that. (laughs) 
So that is the oldest game I have on the list. And again, I put it on the list. You gotta wake up earlier if you want to out Google me, Fletcher. <laughs> I was waiting for Chris to stop talking. I was trying to be polite. Oh gosh, uh, no! But yeah, that's I probably never get a word in if you do that. <laughs> that's why you're so quiet on the podcast. You're too polite. Um, so I kind of split these up in general categories, but after the first category, we're just going to kind of jump around, talk about some that we really like, and then I can talk about most of these as in interface and whether or not it teaches you the game and those types of things. Um, so we'll just kind of, I don't know, play it willy nilly here because there's just, there's so many of them. We're like, this is more than most people's game library, I think. And after looking at these, there's enough here where I'd be like, I could just go pure digital and be happy. But before we do this, pros and cons of mobile board games. Ready? Go. It's a lot faster. (laughs) That's a pro. (laughs) Don't need other people. Pro and con. Yeah, that's a pro and con. The way I phrased it was more pro. (laughs) <laughs> but I think it is a pro. You don't you can play it yourself, but it's a still a competitive game if you're playing against the AI. Mm-hmm. Um, another pro. It monitors the rules for you. You don't have to like police yourself. You can't good, make good. wrong decisions, or you can't like break the rules. Yeah, you can't play wrong. It's not going to let you play yeah. wrong. No fiddly bits. No fiddly no bits. Moving eight hundred tiles around. Yeah. Which automatic could, board management. Yeah, which could be so your setup, your teardown is all taken care of, and it doesn't take up any space in the house. Again, possible con in there as well, but I 100% agree. And to that end, I would say that all of these are cheaper. I was, than, yeah, I was just about to say that. All these are probably yeah. cheaper than their real-life counterpart. Yep. So, and that's... I, I want to be very clear. This is cheaper than their real-life counterparts, but typically board games are more expensive than other gaming apps. Board game ports are, you're just going to pay for them. But they usually don't have ads. They usually don't have ads. Um, some of them are free You're getting to- a pretty high quality of gameplay for your money. Yep. Um, also, they don't need ongoing support. <laughs> yep. You just buy them. Now, there are in-app purchases for a lot of these that have expansion content, uh, which I totally find, like, that's cool. I'm going to pay for expansions anyway. And... I like I say these are cheaper. These are great values. Uh, Fletcher and I, our day jobs are app developers, so we have no issues paying for apps because it takes a lot to develop these. We if know we, what goes into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a short and quick thing. So if you take something like Pandemic, if you were to come to my company and say, "Hey, we would like to hire you to write Pandemic." the board game, we would come back with a price tag of probably somewhere about $500,000. Now, that's probably not what this was developed for. Um, most, of, Many of these games have studios and they're able to reuse you know, game engines and things like that so it, they can bring down that cost. But these are, it's, it's crazy expensive to develop an app, especially with a nice fancy interface, moving graphics, animations. All of these things are not cheap. So I bet if you if, went to a, a smaller studio, because I mean, you work for like, and I, I mean, I used to work there too, like a bigger company. But if you went to a smaller, more bespoke one, they could probably do it for about a tenth of the price. I would bet. Um, I would say fifty k is probably t- still too cheap, but a hundred and fifty is likely for something like Pandemic, because you figure you're going to have two developers and an artist, and even if that's just six months, you've that's the salary for two developers and an artist with nobody else. If it took you six months start to finish to get that made. So there it's just, it's expensive to do this. Now, most game publishers are not going out and hiring studios to write apps. What happens is game studios, and there's a few of them out there, go to board game publishers or board game designers, whoever has the rights to the game and says, Hey, we want to convert this to an app and we're going to license this game from you and usually some kind of profit share or something like that. So publishers aren't shelling out this kind of money. Um, Asmodee is a little different. They have their own studio so they can kind of pick and choose. But for the most part, this is not something that a publisher is going to go out and say, Hey, yeah, let's do this. Even terraforming Mars, which is now available in app form. This was not something that stronghold game said, Hey, I want to make this in an app. 
an app company came to him and said, hey, we want to turn this into an app. Let's see if we can come up with a licensing deal. And that's how these things tend to get made. So taking that into consideration, we probably won't talk about price much because I didn't write the prices down here. They vary based on platform. Um, Everything I have here is definitely available on iOS, is probably available on Android, and could be available on other platforms such as Steam for PC and or Mac, uh, possibly Switch, possibly Xbox. Um, I didn't look at that because there's just so many different places this could exist. But these are mobile and mobile friendly. I recommend playing them on an iPad versus an iPhone. But some of these are really good on the iPhone too. And we'll talk about those as we go through. All right. We ready to do this? Ready. Haven't we been doing it? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm going to make you guys do some talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Fletcher, why don't you talk about the first one? Because you just did a little bit. This is the basics category. These are five games that everyone should have on their phones. So I downloaded Pandemic today, and I've already played about five games. It can be really quick. Um, and I've so far, I've lost all of them. But the game I'm currently playing right now, I think I'll win. Um, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> Um, but this, I would say like pandemic is pretty true to life to the actual board game. Um, my only qualms with it are that the last update was three years ago, at least on iOS. So it doesn't take advantage of like the bigger screen and some of the nicer stuff. But, um, for five bucks, uh, I would say it's, it's pretty good to get your pandemic fix in. And you've probably already gotten your money worth out of it. Uh, definitely. I mean, I've already played it probably for like a couple hours today, and that's definitely $5 worth of enjoyment. <laughs> Kitty, you've played this quite a few times as well. What is your opinion? And you've played this on your iPad or just your iPhone? Um, I played on both. I mostly played on my phone now because my iPad is so old and decrepit. Um, it takes it a while to do things. Um, so I would say the iPad play works better because you can see more of what's going on. The phone can be a bit of a small screen. But I love this game, and I will play it regardless, and I play it all the time. Whenever I have doctor's appointments or whatever it is, this is my go-to game, although I just bought a new one, so. <laughs> Average <Yes>. length of <laughs> these games. Oh, it can really vary, because you get some bad luck up front. I just give uh, up. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time on a loser game, <laughs> but... Um, once you get into like a, oh, I've got this going, I've really, I, it can, they're still not very long. I, I would say average timer. length is probably like 20 minutes. Um, but that's Sounds counting right. in like some games where you, you can get like just a bad stack from the beginning and within the first few turns you're screwed. Yeah. So, and this leads to another benefit, like a super con where the game lengths, especially when you're playing solo against AI, are a fraction of a traditional game. Pandemic with a, a four-player pandemic game is about an hour at, you know, optimally played, where you're playing this in 20 minutes pretty consistently. Now, you're not playing pass and play. If you were to play pass and play or something like that, it would take a lot longer. Um, don't do that with Pandemic. Pandemic is a great single-player puzzle. And even in board game form, I think it's a great single-player puzzle, but it's just not worth setting it all up because you don't get that social interaction, which is the biggest con to all of these, is the social interaction obviously isn't there. Um, right. So that's Pandemic. The next one I have on here that is a staple is Catan. And have either of you guys played this one in mobile? Not in mobile, no. I've only played Pandemic in mobile. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> so I can stop asking Fletcher. Um, Catan, which is now called Catan Classic, because I think there's another version of this was like a Catan World or something like that. This is a true to, uh, again, we're going to say this a lot, but this is this is the board game. I've played this probably a hundred times easy. Um, not in the last couple of years. I played this when this first came out. There's like a campaign mode where you can just kind of keep going and it sets up different scenarios that you just play through, which is a lot. Another thing that a lot of these board game apps do is they'll kind of give you scenarios or give you like a campaign mode that the board game doesn't have, but it just kind of keeps you, you know, wanting to come back and play the next scenario, play the next scenario. Um, but if you want to get good at Catan, this is a great way to do it because you are going to 
it's just you can get through it so fast. The only thing I'll say with Catan is trading with the AI is pretty predictable. And once you know how the AI trades, it's easy to get them to do what you want them to do. Um, <laughs> but that's just like the negotiation aspect in general. They're not going to let you, they're not going to give you crazy unbalanced trades, but you can usually give them unbalanced trades and they'll give you what you want, even though it's going to give you that leg up, which an actual player may not do. It's like, I'm not going to an give you a player would be like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to let you build that town. Like, exactly. Sorry. Yep. Not giving you a brick for four sheep. Doesn't matter. You need the brick and you're going to win the game. If I give it to you, the computer here be like, Oh sure. Why not? Four sheep. Definitely worth a brick. Here you go. Um, the next one I have on here as a basic should always have is Ticket to Ride. I'm, I've only played Ticket to Ride in person maybe three times. I've played it in app form probably three times. I'm just not crazy about Ticket to Ride, but it is one of those games that everyone talks about. So if you are new to the hobby or, you know, you just want to get a little bit more general it's a great hobbyist knowledge. Great, like, entry to hobbyist gaming game. Yes. I would say. Yeah. And you've played this in person, then? Yes. I have played Ticket to Ride pro- eh, probably, like, less than 10 times. More than you. But uh, it is a good entry into, like, the hobbyist gaming, like, sphere. Yeah. And like I say, I, I played it. I enjoy it. It's just not the one that keeps me coming back to it. Kid, have you ever played Ticket to Ride? Not on mobile, but in physical, in physical? form, yes. All right. This next one... I just discovered today, and that's Seven Wonders. I did not know this existed. I bought it, and I played my first game and was done from download to the end of the first game in six minutes. I came in second. I was playing three eight or <laughs> three player game, um, but I'm like, wow, this game can play so fast. And this sort of we played this at work uh, a week or two ago. And the first game, we had four players and we were teaching somebody. So the first game took a little over an hour. Uh, the second game, it took us 20 minutes, which is about right. I think that's about how long a Seven Wonders game should take once everyone knows what they're doing. But the fact that I was able to get through a game in six minutes, and it wasn't like I was just rushing through, like I was actually trying to win, was crazy. And I could see myself playing this in like the checkout line of a grocery store, just opening it up and and playing it. And there's two expansions available for it as well. So... Do you recommend Grab it? This is one. it good? I so Seven Wonders is a game where I want to be like most of the board game hobbyists are about Catan saying, eh, that game's too old and played out. But I have to admit, every single time I play Seven Wonders, I have a good time and I want to play again. So Because there's some of them there's some I mean, the listeners don't know, but some of these are bolded and some of them are not. So and I don't know what that means. <laughs> I bolded my favorites, and I figured the basics were just across the board that are good ones to get into. Kitty, have you ever played Seven Wonders? Real? The game? Yes. Yeah. Mobile? No. Okay. Yeah. It's... I don't really play a lot of mobile games. Oh. So I will say you eliminated almost all of my mobile games with your list of we're not talking about classics. So. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the next question, the reason I'm asking you guys whether or not you've played this before is because a few of these apps... I'm going to have you download because there are things that I've wanted to play with you, but we've just never got a chance. So it's good to kind of like, you know, all right, just download this and play it. So you have an idea of what we're talking about when we're talking about a specific game. And then the fifth game I have on the basic section is Splendor, or I may have spelled that wrong here. Um, Spendor. 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 (laughs) It's own game. This, (laughs) this game is one I played so much. And we played this... Sydney and I, would we did a lot of traveling for conventions and stuff, and this was the game that we'd bring up on the iPad or iPhone and play on the airplane while waiting for the plane, just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. We just played this game so many times. It has a great challenge mode, so it just sets you up in all different ways, which kind of break the rules. It's like, you know... You only have five red gems and you have to complete this board in 15 moves or whatever the case is. But it's just, there's so much to this game. And I think it's only like a couple dollars. Like it, it really has a lot of value there. Plus it's Splendor. So it's just a good one to know and have played. All right. Now we're going to skip around a little bit. But this first one, Fletcher, I bought this because you said I should. I didn't say I you should it. buy this. 
<laughs> well, I, you you implied that it was insane that I'd never played it at some point in the past. I have played what? only the actual card game, not yeah, not the app version. Well, the, the app version is just like the card game. I just have absolutely no idea why anyone would want to play this game. I, I don't get it. Nostalgia. <laughs> oh, we're talking about Millborn, by the way. If I haven't said it, said it, like like so. This is and this is a great reason to get apps and test things out. You know, I didn't have to go out and buy this and then play it once and be like, wait a minute, what am I going to do with these cards? Um, what what is the attraction to this game? Or maybe it's a can... it's it's a, like a car racing kind of game. So the way this game plays, if I'm if I'm playing it correctly, because the tutorial on this was practically non-existent, or I didn't pay attention to it, um, either one of those could have be true. You play cards that are valued from twenty-five to one hundred in steps of twenty-five. 200. Well, there's there is a two hundred card, but that's a special card apparently. Yeah. Um, there are other cards that will block your opponent, so you can get a red light or a flat tire or uh, have an accident. Yeah, that's like the take to, take that mechanic. Yep. And then you have to draw a card that cures that particular ailment, whatever that might be. So inflate the tire or green light or mechanic. And then there's a 200 card, which as far as I can tell, you have to be, you can't be the leader and play it. You can only play it if you're like behind. Oh, uh, no, I've never played that way. Well, this is... Well, you've been breaking the rules and the app won't let you do that. (laughs) (laughs) The app would not let me do it, but my opponent did play because I got a lot... I I just drew like four 100 cards in my opening hand, so I just kept playing those and I just had all the cures to everything. So every time he threw something at me, I just fixed it and kept playing my 100s. Um, But then I got a 200. I'm like, oh, cool. And I played that. I was like, nope, you can't play that. So I, I guess I could see how this is from the 50s. Because well, you, <laughs> so so the only rule is that you have to um, hit the finish line exactly. So you can't go over. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe I had like nine hundred and fifty or eight hundred and fifty or something like that. And it, the there should be two finish lines, over. right? Like one at seven fifty and then one at a thousand. There's definitely one at a thousand, and I could have hit the seven fifty accidentally. Okay. Usually, like you can't. You can't go over. You have to hit it exactly. So if you, if you try to play more, it'll be like, nope, can't do that. So Millborn is a game of luck, which I can see having like a fun family time where there's just, if you have the right cards in your hand, you're going to win. Um, there's some strategy in there as far as like who you're slowing down. If you have multiple players, you can, I guess you could all put bad things on them to stop them. So I could see this in bigger, bigger games. All right. It's, all right. it's. It's like uh I would say probably 60% luck and 40% strategy maybe. That might be a little bit high. more more maybe more like 70% luck, 30% strategy. I will trust you on that cuz I've only played one game and it seems like I got really lucky. So, um but I only have one game. You can I mean, yeah, and you won. So, I mean, I played lots of these games where it's just like you get you're stuck at a red light and you just like keep drawing cards. You're like, "I just give me a green light." Give me a green light, and and you you see your opponent like crawling in front of you, like beating you. Yep. Um, and then there's also the special cards. I don't know if you ran into across any of those. I think there were a couple. There was like a speed limit one, and then cancel the speed limit, and yeah. But the point is, not all to talk all about Millborn. It was a yeah. game that I just wanted to try out, so I picked it up. Um. All right, I'm gonna let you guys pick the next one we talk about. And the I'm going to put a list of these in the show notes. And so there might be some that we do not actually talk about. I guarantee there's going to be some we don't talk about. Um, but the show notes will have a list of basically everything I found. And so you can kind of pick and choose among those. But I want to jump around to different games that you guys find interesting so we can talk about those. Uh, Sushi Go, because I've, I've played the real life version, but not the app version. Would you play this in app version? I don't know. Probably not. I don't I don't get the appeal, I guess. Is it is it pass and play? Is it is it AI? This one I don't know. I this oh. is not one that I would have downloaded. Um mostly because if I want a drafting game, I think I found Seven Wonders and I'd be like, oh, I like Seven Wonders better in theme than Sushi Go. But Sushi Go, if this is a pass and play type of thing, that'd be interesting. But one of the cool things with Sushi Go is it's simultaneous play. So if there was like a simultaneous play where you're all playing on your phone, that would also be pretty cool, which I have to yeah. assume exists. Um, but yeah, all right. I will give that one. 
Kitty, what's one for you? Uh, well, we can talk about Patchwork, because I literally just bought it and have been quietly playing over here. <laughs> very fun. <laughs> like it very much. Um, I like It's like a dueling Tetrisy game, um, if you are unfamiliar with Patchwork. Um, and I like playing it, but it's one of those games where... It's only two players, so I don't get it to the table very often because Spencer doesn't enjoy it very much, so I play it mostly with my mom, and we don't play as much now because she really likes Wingspan. She'd rather play Wingspan, so. Um, yeah, this is much more of a mindless, easy one for me. So, the the graphics like look really nice on it, too. Yeah, it's really nice. It works really well, as far as I can tell. From my three minutes of gameplay where I'm trying to pay attention to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will also throw out Cottage Garden as a add-on to this then, because Patchwork and Cottage Garden um, have the same designer, which is Uwe Rosenberg. And Cottage Garden is a multi- multiplayer version of Patchwork, sort of. Has that same tile-laying thing, you're trying to make a garden, but there's four of you that can play at a time versus just the two-player-only Patchwork. Um, um for yep. real-time update, uh, Sushi Go, it supports, you can play against AI, you can do pass and play, um, or you can play online against people. Oh. So you could create a game and basically all of you play at the same time. I think I think so, yeah. And it supports yeah. iPhone cool. and iPad. So, and that would be cool, like, if you were all at a, at a bar or something, it's like, okay, let's play Sushi Go. We don't have to pull out the cars, they don't take up any space, which Sushi Go is a pretty good table game anyway, but... Um, this just lets you play it in a nice casual way, especially with more casual friends. All right. The first one I'm going to point out here is Santorini. I'm probably stealing this from Kitty. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to let it go. This is, although it says it goes to three players, I've never actually played it three players. And technically it says it goes to four players, I think. This is a two-player game. It's <sighs> We've played it, the physical version, three players before. Yeah, I guess we can... Oh, we did play three players. Three players actually works out fine. I don't know how four players works, though. Four players has some kind of special mechanic to it. But... Yeah, you can't play that with the base game. No. Um, This is a kind of a three-dimensional tic-tac-toe, but that's simplifying it way too much. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) So in its base game, if you're not using player powers, you're going to move... You have two little characters on a five-by-five grid. And you're going to move the character one space um, in any direction, so any of the eight directions. And then you're going to build in also one of the eight directions. You're trying to build these buildings three high, and then you want to be, you want to jump on top of a three high building. The trick to it is you can only jump up one level at a time, and there's caps that you can put on them. So if someone's about to win, you can move over and put a cap on that building, and then they can't jump up there because now the building's capped, and you can't win on top of a capped building. That's that's cool by itself, and you can play just that way and have a great time. But with the expansion, and this app has all of them, I think there's something like 60 different, they call god powers. So it's like um, mm-hmm. Greek and Roman mythology that break just a... Just Greek. Just Greek. Um, that break a rule for your side. It's in Santorini, Chris. It's in Santorini, <laughs> yes. Well, and actually, when you're done playing this, if you look at... Santor- All right, fine. I see the Greek connection. <laughs> if, you, if you look he at the... He finally realized we're making fun of him. Yes. It's not yes. called Rome. <laughs> Rome Torini. Um, but w- when you're done, you have this like really cool looking board. And this is a 3D game that you can rotate around and such. So you really kind of get the feel... This game is just worth getting. It's, it's very, very good. Um, multiple levels of AI... Definitely pick this one up. All right, Fletcher, pick another one. Uh, I'll pick this other one that you have highlighted. One Deck Dungeon. Have you heard anything about it? No. <laughs> this game is awesome. Um, it is primarily a solitaire game, but can be played two players in real life. This is a deck of cards that you're going to shuffle up. And the car- the cards are both... Well, they're four things. They're monsters skills, stat boosts, and items. So 
each monster that you defeat, depending on how you tuck the card under your character, is going to enhance your stats, give you an item, give you a skill, something along those lines. And you're attempting to get through the deck and finally get to the boss monster and then kill that boss monster. There's lots of dice rolling involved. And the physical version is cool. You can sit down, shuffle it up. It's like playing a solitaire card game. The app version is awesome because you don't have to do all the shuffling. It just takes care of everything for you. There's achievements. And as you play, the more you play, you can level up the characters. So the next time you play a different dungeon or actually the same dungeon, just next time you play, your character is going to be stronger. And it's just, it's so addicting to just kind of go through. But really, it's a dice rolling um a little bit of pressure luck type of dice rolling dungeon crawl type of game. Um, but yeah, one duck dungeon. Is it like a little bit like a roguelike? No, because there is no map that you actually see. There are just four cards that are on the table at any given point, And you can flip them up and see what they are and like, decide to attack them or not. Um, and there's trap cards too. So, you know, there's not all monsters. Sometimes it's obstacles that you're trying to get by. But it's there's no map that's happening. It, that you have to kind of imagine what's going on. But it is a lot of monsters and traps that you're in, encountering. Um, but this one's cool. And there's multiple classes. So you have your your warrior and your rogue and your ranger and mage and cleric. And I think there's a few other ones as, as well. And then there's another... Um, the real life one has a forest expansion. And I believe that was added as downloadable content to the, to the app. Um, if not... I would be shocked because it's really just extra data and a few other images. Um, but yeah, that's One Duck Dungeon. It's super cool. Kitty, your turn. Stop playing Patchwork. Uh, <laughs> no, I just downloaded um, Gamshan Clever. Oh, this one's good. I'm surprised this isn't in bold because you've talked it up so much. And you told me I wasn't allowed to talk about Yahtzee, so I had to come up with another Roland right to talk about. <laughs> so here we are. Gamshan Clever. This is like super complicated Yahtzee. <laughs> Except not actually that complicated. <laughs> and not actually like Yahtzee. But cool, <laughs> How is it not like Yahtzee? It does have dice. It does have dice. I will give you that. And you roll them. And you put them in places. And then you re-roll the dice that you didn't put in places. Sort of. Oh, you're trivializing All right, give me a better so <laughs> explanation of why it's not like Yahtzee. So, um, first of all, I will mention that Ganshan Clever in real life and its uh, cousin, sibling grandchild, I don't know, Duplay So Clever, which is double as clever. Um, both of these... I in believe a- in English they are named on the App Store, That's So Clever and Twice as Clever. Yep. Um, so in real life, this can be a multiplayer game. In the app version, they're single player only. So what I'm about to describe is the single player version of this. I've only ever watched the multiplayer version be played once. But in the single-player version, you're going to roll six different colored dice. And each one of them, you have four, five different colors and a white die. Um, the white die is a wild. And each, you have a scoring sheet, and there's five different sections of colors on that scoring sheet. And each section scores a little bit differently. So, And both of the games have the same basic mechanic. It's just how you score them is different. But you know, the yellow, you're trying to fill up rows and columns. The blues, you're trying to cross every. The greens are trying to cost everything off. Blues, you're trying to fill up a thing. Orange and purple, you're trying to fill up a row, but you have certain things like purple, you can only mark it off if it's bigger than the last one. Um, so each one has their own separate scoring thing. And then they have this ways of crossing cross-contaminating things. So, you know, when you mark off your fifth blue one, you're going to be able to mark off a free yellow one. Um and the goal is you roll those five dice. You can play any die, but any die you play, you have to discard all of the dice that are less than that. And in each round, you get to use three dice unless you get rid of all the dice. So if you play a six of your first roll, you don't have any dice left to roll unless you had other sixes because it's only the ones that are less. And then you just miss out on your other two um, rolls. But yeah, and it's really just trying to optimize your score. And... It's another game that's pretty fast to play, um, usually maybe five to ten minutes. And the app won app of the year last year on BGG. Uh, it shouldn't have. The app is terrible. It is horrendously <laughs> bad. <laughs> the game it's not is, bad. The game is great, and but the app itself 
well, especially last year when it won the award, it was really, really bad. They've they fixed a few things since then. Um, but it's one of those things where if you weren't an app developer, you wouldn't notice all of the little super annoyances of like, wait a minute, who developed this? And then you realize like it was probably developed for 10K because it felt like a 10K app to me. Um, but the app itself is really, really, really good. Or the, the game itself. All right. I'm going to throw out something big. I'm going to say Through the Ages. This is an epic nation-building game done with just cards and a tableau. So you're not running around through a map or anything like that. You are drafting cards, which will be like leaders or buildings or um, different events or military things. And in this just card drafting, and you do, I think there's three ages that you go through, um, you it's just there's so much stuff going on here. And by the end of the game, it's just a point salad game. So whoever has the most points wins. But getting there, every time you go through this game, you are you have different strategies because there's so many different cards that will show up for different people. And there's different wonders and there's different leaders. And the leaders will affect how your abilities, but then the leaders eventually will retire because you, you can't be a leader for all of time. And oh, this game is... One of the highest rated games on BGG. It takes a couple playthroughs to learn, although the app does a really good job at teaching you. It recently got an expansion, um, a physical expansion. And the physical expansion, the digital version was out like two weeks before the physical expansion could be gotten. So this app is staying up to date and they're they're paying a lot of attention to it. So this is a really, really good quality app that you guys should check out. All right, Fletcher, back to you. Are you downloading through the um, ages? I was, I was, I was looking at it. Um, I'm, I was actually thinking of doing the very next one on the list because I'm familiar with it: terraforming Mars. <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded this. I started playing it, and I said, "Nope, still terraforming Mars." And then I turned it off. Like, um, I still don't like this game. <laughs> but I will say, as far as board game ports go, this one's really well done. And if you like Terraforming Mars and you want to get more plays in, check this one out. This is available on iPhone and Android, but honestly, you should play this one on the tablet. Uh, it just, everything works better on the iPad for this one because this is a, a pretty hefty game. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it besides it is a true port and it looks fantastic. It's just not my kind of game for some reason. I don't know why. But it takes care of all the fiddly bits. It does take care of all the fiddly bits. And you can't bump the table and suddenly forget what your income was on five different things. It all just got bumped off the tracks. And <laughs> you might as well just but flip the table. But it doesn't have any problems. <laughs> it has no problems like that. Um, iconography, you don't need to worry about it. It'll just help you along. So there's, like I said, It'd if you like, like Terraforming nope, you Mars. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. If you like Terraforming Mars, you will love this game. All right, Kitty. Oh, I have to pick another one. Man. Yeah. This is what we're doing because <sighs> otherwise I'll just be talking for an hour. All right. So one that I am intrigued about, but I've already done enough buying for the evening is um, Onitama. Onitama is great. So this is, if you don't know the um, board game, this is a two player, I guess you could say chess like, although it's not really chess like at all. Um, yeah. But it's that's the best way to start with. So it's a five by five grid again, and you have a sensei that sits in the middle on your side of your five space row, um, and then you have two little ninja guys on both sides or samurai guys on both sides of you. And at the beginning of the game, there are going to be five cards in play that tell you how the pieces can move. But at any given time, there's only going to be two in front of you two in front of your opponent, and one that you're going to get on your next turn. You're going to choose one of the two in front of you and then choose a piece that uses that kind of movement. So it might be, you know, it'll give you kind of a pattern of where you can go from where you've started. So the way a chess piece, like, uh, you know, the rooks can move certain ways and it gives you the shape and it looks almost like a Tetris piece on the card of where you're, how you have to move. Yep. Basically. Yep. And it's really, really cool. Um, the physical game looks cool. It's the physical game is beautiful. Yep. So and much this, fun to play. Yep. And this game has multiple themes. So you can actually, um, part of the downloadable content inside of it is you can get different, um, pieces, like themed pieces that you want. 
Um, Fun. There are downloadable content inside there, so you can get a bunch of different moves and stuff. But the object of the game is to get to your get your samurai to the opposite samurai's location, or to take out the opposite person's samurai, like master samurai. I think I'm using sensei. the terminology. I'm sensei. Yeah, using the terminology wrong, but um, ultimately this game is great and absolutely worth paying for. I am not good at it. I've played many <laughs> games this of this. This is the kind of game where I've played against you. We had a lot of fun playing. Now we can both go play the app and then come back together and play again and still be on the same footing. Yes. Um, or you can just destroy me because for some reason, I have a hard time thinking more than one step ahead in a game like this. And you have to. Yeah. You have to be thinking not just about how your guy moves, but how the move you're giving your opponent can affect that you know it's and the move that you're going to be getting in and Uh yeah it's just this this is such you can really overthink this yeah it is (laughs) such a um intricate game with so so simple of rules um it's a fantastic game all right i am going to pick another one galaxy trucker this is a physical well, they're all physical games, but this one here is a real time. It has two aspects to it. There's real time in the beginning and then turn base on the second part. But in real life, the turn or the real time thing is a little bit clunky. So you have all these tiles that are face down and you're grabbing tiles and you're looking at them and you're trying to build a ship. But if you don't want the tile, you can put it back and you leave it face up and then you can grab a new tile and do it. And it just, it feels weird to like do this in real time. But the app handles it so well because it's just handling all that fiddly bit of, you know, grabbing a tile, looking at it. Do I want to keep it or not? And it tracks the time perfectly. But what you're doing is you're building up a ship, which is made up of all kinds of interesting pieces and parts, which is so much fun just to build a ship. And then you're taking it through an obstacle course where you're trying to get as much cargo as you can to the end. But you're getting hit by asteroids and pirates are attacking you. And they're basically trying to blow pieces away in your ship. And if you've built a ship that has exposed parts, then it's more vulnerable. But if you have like nice closed in areas, then you're going to be a little bit more resistant to certain types of damage. And it is just a ton of fun. I've never played it. I can say that for almost all of these, except for Splendor. I've never played it multiplayer, but this is a great fun single player game. Are you dying? <laughs> Chris is broken. Oh no. Fletcher, quick, pick a game. Uh I haven't played any of these on here, but I, I mean I was I was gonna ask uh Chris about Galaxy Trucker because it has a very interesting name. Um but maybe instead, Chris, can you talk about Small World if you're if you're done dying? Maybe. <laughs> so Small World. This is uh, this game's been out for a while too. Oh, yeah, yeah. One moment. <laughs> Kitty, why don't you talk about something? God. I'm going to talk about Potion Explosion. Okay, do that. I'm going to go. Okay, so Potion throat. Explosion, I have a why. Why is there an app of this? Because the whole point of Potion Explosion is to play with a bunch of marbles. And to me, this is like a total tactile, fun, feel game that you're losing the table presence magic of it in an app form. But also I can see maybe you just don't want to get out a ton of marbles. Maybe you have a toddler who eats marbles like me. (laughs) (laughs) So your issue here is it came from a match three game, which was an app and then went full circle and becoming an app. Yeah. It's like, if I was just going to play a match three game, I can go play candy crush. I can play any of the 800 versions of Candy Crush they have now. Whatever those games are, this the fun part of this as a board game is the feel. So, I agree with you in the weirdness of bringing it back to an app, but Potion Explosion does have enough game there outside of the marbles where I have actually enjoyed playing this on in-app form. It's a fun game to play in person. I don't know that I would enjoy it as much because the other part that this brings is playing with other people. And it does feel like, you know, taking one of these kind of mobile games and turning it into a more social experience with a tactile tabletop presence. And that's the fun of it for me. And it it's just seems like any other app game 
in this form. Yeah. So this is basically taking something that is really a, the cool part of it is the tactile experience and taking that away. You yes. haven't really My ported opinion. the game because the game to you is is more of that that feel, touch and feel, which I totally get. And I don't necessarily disagree. If you like the game of Potion Explosion, completing the potions, what you store, what you don't, you know, finding those matches, it is a it is a true port and it works well. Um, but if you like that, you know, setting up and watching the marbles drop the and clicky, stuff. clicky, clacky marbles. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get the ASMR. You do not get the ASMR. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk Small World now that I'm not dying. Um, Small World, been around for a while. This game is a area control game, but it's there's uh, there's no real combat involved. Uh, the cool mechanic to this, though, is you have a bunch of classes, like fantasy classes, and you have a bunch of races, fantasy races. And every game of Small World, you're going to mix these up and match them randomly. So you could have Cobalt Necromancers and Undead uh, Warriors or whatever the case. Each piece is going to affect the number of units you get as well as like any special abilities they have. So if you have the halfling, you know, fighters, maybe you have, you get eight of them and you're going to put these eight little tiles because you mark them from the race side, but you put these eight little tiles on the map. And as long as you have a piece there, you own that territory with the rule of in order to take over a territory, you have to put one additional piece on more than the amount of cardboard pieces that are already there because there's other obstacles and stuff that can go on there. And then at some point, you're going to retire your race and they're all going to flip over so they no longer do anything. And then you get a new race class combination. And you're going to do that multiple times. And really, each time you go through, there's multiple rounds as there are in games. And you're essentially trying to get the most points um, based on matching these things up. Super fast, super easy to like learn and I just love the random mixes of race and class that you get out of this. Um but yeah, that's small world and you should try it. It's also gorgeous. It's like such a pretty game um to play you, in real life or on app. What uh I'm trying to search for this right now um in the app store and I don't see anything coming up under small world. Is this something that I've had but now it doesn't exist anymore? Small. That happened to me with Carcassonne. I'm I very wonder sad. if this is an iPad only thing. One moment. It, well, it could be. I'm searching on my iPhone. So to the iPad. So this is we're doing this in real time because why wouldn't we? Do, do, do. I don't want to give our listeners hope that Small World exists and then not have it exist. Small World. Yeah, this is iPad only, um, and it's labeled under Small World Two. Uh, but that's the that's the full game. It's just. I don't know why it's a two, um, but it is really, really cool. Buy it. Get it. Uh, all right. Let's see. Another one. Shards of Infinity. Uh, this is a deck builder that just recently came out. Cool thing about Shards of Infinity is it has expansions, but it's a set number of expansions, and then the entire game is done. I think it's three expansions or something like that, and the the digital version will have all of the expansions um, once they're out. Shards of Infinity... Uh, when this first came out, I think I probably played it like 50 times and then finally was able to beat the medium level AI and call that a success and be like, okay, I can't do this anymore because it just it's so hard at the higher level AIs. Um, but watching that AI play, you just get a lot better because uh, I'm like, they're not cheating. They're just so much better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Charge of Infinity. Kitty, what's your next one? Um, Castles of Mad King, King Ludwig. You're seeing a pattern here, I think, with mm-hmm. my uh, tile-laying, <laughs> puzzly nature. I've never actually played Castles of Mad King, Lug- Mad King Ludwig. I have only played between two castles of Mad King Ludwig, but I think I know where the castles part and the between parts separate. So, <laughs> um, this sounds fun. I, once again... I'm not going to jump up and buy it right now, but it's something that now I know it exists. It's going to sit in the back corners of my mind. And one day when I'm sitting there bored of playing Pandemic, I've lost too many in a row. Hmm, maybe we'll go buy this. <laughs> yeah, this one's good. 
Um, it's the castles that you build in between two castles. I think everything's square. Um, Castle of Mad King Ludwig proper has different shaped rooms that you're connecting. Um, but otherwise, it's a lot. There's a lot of similarities in how you score and stuff. Essentially, you're trying to score the best castle. Um, but yeah, this is a great game. Also, a, a really good port. Fletcher, you have any others that are looking interesting to you? Yeah. So last time you were talking about Eclipse. Uh, this was yesterday, but last week to our listeners, and <laughs> you kept going on and on about how great it was. So so good about that. And actually, it made me remember. Um, because I think two weeks ago we talked about like playing for story and how I didn't really care to win or not. Eclipse is one of those games where like I want to win, like I am <laughs> out to win this game. So this is a four uh, X game, and you are going to play one of seven different races. Um, each one of them has its own starting qualities and whatnot. Um, you have ships that you can build, but the way the ships work is you can build two big ones, four medium-sized ones, eight little ones, and then four different star bases. But each one of those ships has a blueprint associated with them, so it's like the base of them. Uh, but as you research technologies, you can upgrade certain parts of that blueprint of that ship, which upgrades all ships of that kind. So that's the tech tree along with the upgrading of the ships. And then you take those ships out and you fight other ships or you fight ancient ships that are on the map that are basically NPC ships. Um, so that's your exploration and you're exploiting different worlds because when you explore, you're going to find worlds and you can get uh, minerals, gold, or um, research out of each of these things. And ultimately, you're trying to get the most victory points wins. But this game, like I said, took City and I like four to six hours to win i can play a game of eclipse on the ipad in under an hour easy and i just want to immediately start over and play again so uh the versions difference between first edition and second edition are really mostly balanced tweaks so if you were playing the eclipse app and you decided that you wanted to play the second edition board game um you wouldn't have to actually learn anything because most of the balance stuff is on the actual components so you know how to play the game the components might have slightly different values on them but it's not like you need to relearn anything so you could play easily but yeah check out eclipse it's awesome um all right kitty i'm gonna give you one more and then i'm gonna machine gun through a bunch of these (laughs) um let's talk again about the pathfinder adventure card game oh right because I have been consuming a lot of actual play podcasts of the Pathfinder Adventure Path podcast playthroughs. Um, and it's gotten me more and more into the, um, oh, gosh, what is it? Galarian world of Pathfinder. Yep. And these are the same stories being told in that world through this card game. And if I don't have to play with 800 pieces or no 900 rules to do it, that yep. sounds very intriguing to me. Yep. So this was put out maybe two or three years ago. This follows the entire Rise of the Rune Lord adventure path for um, the Pathfinder game. And it's you could play this entirely free to play. So as you play, you get in-app currency. But in order to unlock the full campaign, you'd have to play a lot. So yeah. I think I think it to get to full campaign is like $25 or something like that, which unlocks everything. And then there's still other like custom dice and lots of like items and stuff. There's tons and tons of unlockables in this. As far Micro as transactions, it, it is. It is. But most of it, like I say, I would just pay for the entire campaign all up front. There's like a package deal for it. And that's and then just get the gold as you play through it. And that'll unlock, allow you to spend, you know, the free currency for dice and other upgrades and stuff. Um, as far as I can tell, this is going to just be that campaign because the game's been about a year without any significant content updates. Uh, but it plays really well and well to be fair paizo has just put out pathfinder second edition like they've got a lot on their plate you never know when they might come back to these kinds of things right well and actually the adventure card game has come out in a second edition as well they're not calling second edition but it's come out in a second edition too um but yeah it's core mechanic is pretty simple you are everything's a test and your stats are d4s through d12s so if you need to you know a test of seven strength or whatever but you are 
um, strength is a D6, you're going to need to have some items that add to that. And usually it adds other dice. So you're creating dice pools where you're trying to roll to exceed that test value. Sounds it, almost Savage Worldy. It's a little Savage Worldy in that in that regard, yes. Um, in that you're creating those dice pools. Nothing explodes. There's no exploding dice or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, Everyone loves exploding dice, though. Yeah. But, um, but it's good. And like I said, I've played through the entire campaign um, and then a bunch of side stuff, too. Like, I, I've played the heck out of this game. And you can play in offline mode, too. You just don't get the in-app currency if you're, like, on an airplane or something. Uh, but this one's worth checking out if you like card adventure stuff. And the and art is the standard Pathfinder stuff, but it looks it's really nice stuff. So that is the Pathfinder Adventure card game. All right. I'm going to go through a bunch of these very, very quickly. Um, Friday. I don't I, believe that you can do this quickly. But go <laughs> for can. it. Friday is a solo game that I just downloaded, and I still have no idea how to play it because the tutorial in, in Friday is non-existent. It's just a copy of the rulebook text so <laughs> it even talks about take these cards and set these aside and do this i'm like this is an app you should be talking to me like you're an app not like you're telling me how to play the game okay <coughs> good because when i played friday the actual game i was like these rules are a little bit confusing i i still have no idea and i don't think the, the app's not letting me do anything wrong but i have no idea what i'm doing right either <laughs> i'm very confused by it um, someone right now is screaming at me about how simple this game is. It's not. The The rules present presentation is horrible. Um, Epic. This is a game by um, just brand new out. This is by the same people who do uh, Star Realms and Hero Realms, White Wizard. And this is their Epic. Um, well, this is their uh, dueling card game, magic style card game. And basically, you buy the game and you have all the cards available to you. And then there's some like glitzy stuff you can update. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel. It's Seven Wonders Duel and Jaipur, one of the most touted two-player games. Um, Twilight Struggle, another super touted two-player game. Nirishima Hex. Should have been talked about on our long game episode. I Pro- hear. Probably. Um, <laughs> Nirishima Hex. I didn't even realize this was a board game because I was introduced to it as an app. This is a hex placing. Like, you have like different armies that are all little hex things, and you place them on the board, and they have different attack and defense rules. If you like tactical tile-laying type things, oh, so good. have wasted so much time with this game. Mm-hmm. Um, not recently, but when it first came out. Lords of Waterdeep. This is one of the quintessential Euro games out there. If you haven't played Lords of Waterdeep, everyone should. This is an amazing port, and it has both expansions that are available to it. It's awesome. Castle of Burgundy. They didn't do anything special with it. It's still bland-looking, and you roll D6s. Um, <laughs> suburbia. <laughs> I know, I know. Suburbia, nice looking app. I couldn't find a way of speeding up the animations. So about, I don't know, four turns into it and with a four player game, me versus three AI, I just got so bored with waiting for the animations that I had to be like, nope, I'm done with this. But I'm going to go re- back and revisit and see if there's some way to speed up those animations or maybe just play a two-player version, which would speed things up, too. Um, because Superbia is one of the best city-building uh, games, according to you know the internet. Terra Mystica. Um, I want to love this. I really like Terra Mystica. The app, is the interface is so convoluted, and the game is so complex that between those two aspects, I could never actually get a full game done. But I have heard that they are also going to be doing the Gaia Project, which is the space version of Terra Mystica, so maybe they can clean up those interface issues. Um, Agricola and La Havre, these are just classic Euro games. If you've never played them, you can download them and play them on app form. They both have pretty good tutorials. And um, actually, Puerto Rico should be in this list as well, which I don't, I didn't write it down, but I know it exists. Um, that's another one that's actually really good. It's kind of in that same vein of like, you know, classic Euro games. Raiders of the North Sea. This is a newer game. This just came out a few months ago, or maybe even a few weeks ago. And I haven't got a chance. I did just download it today, but I haven't got a chance to play it. But if you have not played it and you don't have the board game, it's worth doing. Um, Brass. So Brass Birmingham just broke into, I think, number four in the all-time BGG top 100 list, or just top game list. Um, Brass 
in app form is Brass Lancaster, but the systems are essentially the same. Birmingham has a little bit more uh, variable setup and some slight changes in like the maps itself. But and but Brass, Lan- Brass Lancaster is still like in the top twenty games. So if you want to learn Brass without investing in Brass, this is a good one. The tutorial is pretty good. Um, but you can kind of play your way through the game and kind of figure it out as you go along. All right, that's five, six minutes in there. Uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, it takes away all the fiddly bits of managing it, but it's still too fiddly. I don't like Sentinels. Aeon Zen, a much better version of Sentinels, and it's like fantasy-based. So this is a deck builder that is co-op deck builder. Um, really, really cool. Forbidden Island, super fast um, co-op game. Dresden Files, also a co-op game. And you can that you can play solo. Um, Burgle Bros, also co-op uh, that you can play solo pretty easily. Burgle Bros is awesome. It's just kind of like kind of like Ocean's Eleven type of break in and steal stuff and then get out. Zombie Side is the one that's on here that is not a direct board game port, but it is better. So Zombie Side the app is better than Zombie Side the game, at least first edition, um, because it's campaign based. So as you go through, you're going to follow a storyline. You're you're going to be able to invest in characters. They're going to level up. You're going to get cool equipment. Um, but the core of the game game is the same. You're still running around, killing zombies, finding items. Um, so if you like Zombie Side, the app is worth playing. Just know that it's not a direct port. Uh, Star Realms deck builder, Mystic Veil. Vale, Card Builder slash Deck Builder. Actually, it's just Card Builder because you don't get more cards. Um, Mystic Veil is great and probably a little bit better in app form because you're not tucking things into sleeves that you have to pull out later. Um, Ascension is basically Star Realms, but um, Ascension came first. Ascension was the first Deck Builder after Dominion. Uh, Paperback and Hardback. These are Deck Builders for um, letter or word games that you might like. Um Evolution, this is trying to build cool creatures that eat other things. Smash up, this is multiple, um, you take two decks and you put them together and then you're trying to fight over bases. Race for the Galaxy, if you don't know what Race for the Galaxy is, then you probably don't want to play it. If you do know what it is, it's great in app form, but play it on iPad, it's too small on the iPhone screen. Um, Tokaido, just a gorgeous game. Um, I think it's better on iPhone and iPad because it is not actually much of a game, but it's super pretty in app form. Um, to, uh, Taki Noko. Uh, I have not actually played this, so I'm just going to say that it exists, and if you know what it is, then play it. Uh, Talisman, never ever play this game, but if you do, do it in app form. Um, it's just way too long for what it is. Xeno Shift, this is a Simon game, and this is a deck builder that I did not even know it was a deck builder. And after I started playing it, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I'm going to have to go back and actually spend a little bit more time playing this. And then Steam Rails to Riches. Uh, this is kind of a classic um, railroad game, railroad, uh, railroad Euro-ish game. Okay, that was 10 minutes. That's the best I could do. <laughs> There's a lot of games. I told you it wasn't going to be fast. Um. But what I think what we're getting at here is there's a ton of board games ass out here. I don't know a good way of tracking these down. The best way that I have found is there is a blog at BoardGameGeek. It is blog 164. So if you go BoardGameGeek.com slash blog slash 164, it has every couple weeks, he'll put up a new post and talk about new app news. So that's one place I've gotten this. Uh, once you start searching on the App Store, a lot of times it'll be like, if you like. So I found games that way. But I wish, and if anyone knows, about a place that just tracks all of these board game ports, I would love to know what that is. Because then I would own a lot more apps. I don't know if that's a good thing. Anything else on apps? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to my research. And that is another episode. So you can follow us on Facebook at Tabletop Game Talk Podcast. Twitter's Tabletop Game, TLK, Kitty's Lawful Good Mom, Fletcher's Netflix. I am Game Master Chris. Uh, thank you for those who leave us iTunes reviews. And if you're not one of those people, leave us an iTunes review. And then that thank you applies to you retroactively. Also, you can help us out on Patreon and don't have to leave us an iTunes review. But if you really wanted to, you could do both. Um, that's TabletopGameTalk.com slash Patreon. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening. Remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Who put my name here? Finally. So mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) 
Finally, a thank you to our patrons. Adam Harrison, the SGC, the Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terrence Miller, Stephen Seitz, Brian Errol, Shumpy, Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Lou, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Wong, Caleb O'Brien, Jethro Ungerbrett, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quistro, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Sydney Loom, now you have me saying Loom, Cindy Lum, um, I think it's Lum. Cindy, <laughs> email me, let me know which ones I had this supposed to be. Uh, Phil Schwarzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dong, Nate, Faz Blintum, Sean Peck, Eric Silander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Wilkowiak, Gregory Huber, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Rackstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keith, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Timothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, and Charles Pearson. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. Do you guys want to play like online Eclipse right now? No. Why not? <laughs> I was going to ask you what if you had to recommend one of these of all this entire list, what would you recommend? Oh, if you could only have one on your mobile device. Well, not if you could only have one, but like the first one that you would recommend. The first one that I would recommend, I would say I think I have to say through the ages. There's a ton of depth there. And you can just play it over and over and over again.